Good morning. Guys, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. We'll be there in a few minutes. You can either go there in your Bible or your electronic device. Or we are back on version, so the sermon's preloaded in there. That's another way you can connect with the scripture. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about 242 groups because we're trying to kind of let these groups get launched off. They are launching off today. So if you're going to register your kids uh, for child care, make sure to do that. Uh, through events on cil.church, excuse me, uh, on Church Center. Or if you want to find out about other groups, you can find out about those groups on the Church Center app. And uh, there's a way to contact the leaders. And you'll be hearing more about those in the coming weeks. And we're excited that God's people are going to get back together around the Scripture, around the Word. And so, as I said, if you're new, you'll hear more about those in the coming weeks. Or if you want to talk to me after service, I can direct you where to go, which way to go. Last week, I preached a message called Walking in the Light. And as we walk, we want to walk in the light. Now I'm going to follow up with a message called Walking in the Fear of God. And we, we immediately hear about the fear of God, and we're conditioned to see that word fear and always say that word fear is bad. And, and, you know, in this year, 2020, we've heard a lot about faith over fear, and that can be applied accurately. We don't want to live in the negative fear. But there is a positive fear, like a good fear, and that is to fear the Lord. And I started thinking about this more. Um, I've heard about the fear of the Lord all of my life. I've heard a sermon here and there on it. Um, then I started praying this acronym just a few years ago. And I'll, I'll teach that to you guys sometimes, but it's about, uh, it's an acronym talking about spiritual development. And the F of the acronym was the fear of the Lord. Pray that the fear of the Lord come into my life. And, and as I started praying that, I'm like, well, it doesn't even feel like natural or good to pray that at first. But I knew that biblically it's a good prayer. And so I've been learning about that more than thinking about the fear of the Lord more. And that's what's brought us to today. And, and there's going to be a lot of scripture on the fear of the Lord. And this is what you're going to find out. I try to read through the Bible once a year. And most years I make it, not every year, but most years I make it. And, and as I studied this scripture, this phrase, and looked at the various uh, places it's at in scripture, I was surprised to be reminded again how often... The scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, refer to the fear of the Lord. And yet that's something that, that we haven't necessarily used in our regular lexicon. I mean, we don't often talk about that. I hope today that changes. So here's the takeaway. If I have a takeaway for you today, and the takeaway is this, the fear of God benefits your life. That, that's what I want you to leave believing that the fear of God is good for you. And it benefits your life, and it's going to bring a blessing to your life. Part of fearing God is to honor his word. And even though you guys look nice and comfy, for those who are able, why don't we stand to read God's word out of Deuteronomy chapter 10? You don't have to stand, but as after we read it, we'll do a call and response. I'll present this as the word of the Lord. And if you choose to, you can respond. Thanks be to God, because we are thankful that scripture changes our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting with verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? 
This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's real easy, and we'll get into this a little bit, to, to point our fingers to culture or point our fingers outside of these walls and, and to say, you know, those people or that group of people or that country or that even part of our country or whatever it is, that religion, they should fear the Lord. But the problem when we do that is we fail to look within. And so, and so though I, I think we can apply this, and we'll touch on that here and there, of, of some of what we're dealing with as a society right now is a lack of the fear of the Lord, and I will acknowledge that right away. But I want you to see, because I'm seeing this in my life, Aaron doesn't fear the Lord as I should, but I want the spirit of the fear of the Lord to increase in my life. I, I want to fear him more. So what does that mean? Okay, what, what's a good definition? Let's talk about this. Here's a good definition of that, uh, of this. The fear of the Lord is obedience caused by reverence for God. The fear of the Lord is obedience caused or motivated by reverence for God. My, my coach in college was a man that I respected immensely. And I still do to this day. So when I went there as a freshman, I had been there a few days, and he said he set up an appointment with me. And so I go meet with my coach, and he says, "Aaron, it's been reported to me by the cafeteria manager that you have been insubordinate and that you you have caused disruption in the cafeteria." I, I was like, "What?" I, I was pretty shocked. I mean, I know I eat a lot on the buffet, but I don't I don't remember any kind of food fight or anything like that. And so I defended myself. And I said, well, I don't think that's true. And, and, and I was quite defensive. And so he responded this way. He said, Aaron, I, I believe you. And the reason I believe you is that I asked you to be on this team. One of the reasons is that you have the reputation of being a good leader. And while you're here at the school, that's what I expect you to be. So that ended the conversation. Now, to this day, I still think the lady overreacted. But the truth was this. The truth was this, and I didn't confess this to my coach. Yeah, I didn't cause an insurrection. I wasn't insubordinate. But I just had kind of an attitude towards her. And for whatever reason, she got my name and, 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 and tuned in on me, and, and I got the report uh, for, for the rest of the team. So I kind of got the blame for some whatever reason. But the truth was, I wasn't really respectful to her. I had that kind of attitude an 18-year-old has, you know, that cocky attitude, and, and that just came through. And I made a decision then. I said, because I respect my coach so much, I never want to be called into his office or have a conversation with him um, that would misrepresent him or make him have to worry about my leadership. I didn't like the way that felt. I didn't like the way that came down. And that really changed my behavior from that moment forward. And I, I tried to show respect to everyone, whether they're a custodian, whether they're the president of the college, whatever the case is. Now, I wish I would have done it out of a pure heart at the beginning, but that's part of maturation, isn't it? And, and it's really part of how God develops us. And so I, I, I remember that story. I'd forgotten about it. 
as I was thinking and praying about this service, because I, I want us to put that definition again. That story now connects us to our relationship with God, something that we forgot. Let's put that definition again. The fear of the Lord is obedience caused by reverence for God. Like, because I revere God and respect God, I, I fear him. I fear, yes, I do fear his wrath. I fear his consequences, but it's more than that. I mean, I, I respect his power and respect the essence of who he is. And because of that, I am not going to do something that maybe I feel like doing or that I justify doing or that I, I feel like I have the right to do because I fear the Lord and I want to respect the Lord. Now, there's all types of scriptures, again, more than we could ever cover in this particular sermon, but we'll look at some highlights today. Psalm 86, 11. Here's a great one. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Not my truth, not the culture's truth, not even the, 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 the social uh, the social community that I've developed their truth. But Lord, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to reverence your name. Unite my heart to respect your name. I love that phrase, unite my heart, because the divided heart means like I'm with Jesus on Sunday, but you know, on Monday through Friday, I, I live differently because business is business, right? I, and te- being a teenager, I'm a teenager or whatever the case is. Okay. So, so I'm going to, for those, those days, I, I'm, I'm not going to be all in for Jesus. And then Saturday's family day. And then Sunday, I'm going to go ahead and repent again, come back to Jesus. That's not a united heart. That's a divided heart. So unite my heart that I might fear your name. Like, let me have one heart for you, God, because I respect you, God, and I reverence you in any situation that I'm in. That's the goal of our faith. That That's why the fear of the Lord is a good thing for you. Like, it's a benefit to you. Your life is going to be blessed because the fear of the Lord. See, I keep saying this phrase because we're automatically conditioned to always see fear as bad. And yes, it can be applied. I have sermons, do not fear and all that. You can, you can hear those and you'll hear them again. But I'm talking about when it comes to our relationship with God, he is so incredible. He is so beyond us that a healthy fear of him changes the way we live and brings blessing and prosperity and goodness to our life. Now, I love this Psalm, Psalm 33, 8. Here's another sample. Let all the earth fear the Lord and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. I love that phrase. Let all the earth fear the Lord. That means everything on this planet, may it reverence God. So we think about this, all the different systems that we know of, whether it be a systems of education, political systems, whether it be in the entertainment, the arts, sports, whatever it is, it's a good thing for the whole earth to reverence God. It's a good thing for the whole earth to stand in all of God. And so that's kind of the goal of us saying, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven gives all and glory and reverence to God, acknowledges God as supreme, acknowledges God as the centerpiece. And so it is when we bring his kingdom here, every sector of our life, every sector that we're involved in, everything we touch God is first. That's part of fearing the Lord, and that's a good thing for us. Like, we reverence him. We awe him. We we make him uh, the center of our attention, and that goes against every 
way that we've been trained. We've been trained for self-fulfillment. We've been trained to follow our own hearts. We've been trained to find pleasure. We've been trained to, to just do what feels right for you because you only get 70 to 100 years here at this earth anyway. So like get it all in now, right? Live your best life now. Go for it now. Well, this is not the starting place. So I'm not the starting place. The starting place of wisdom We'll see this scripture later on, and, and this is probably going to turn into a little bit of a series here. Uh, the, the fear of the Lord, the respect for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the starting place. The starting place is not like, okay, what do I like? What do I prefer? What makes me feel fulfilled? Uh, what makes me find my own potential? What lets me, you know, discover the true me? That's not the starting place. The starting place is the fear of the Lord, and then you get all that other stuff with you after you put the Lord first. And so this is a transformational opinion. Uh, not, excuse me, a transformational, not opinion, truth. That's see, I'm, I'm, I have to check myself on that too. So here's my first point today. The walking in the fear of the Lord restrains our sinful impulses. It restrains our sinful impulses. This is an important Understanding because sometimes we just want to sin. I mean, we just want to take the shortcut or to do what our impulses say. But the fear of the Lord prevents us from just doing what we feel like doing. The fear of the Lord, the reverence for the Lord, the fact that the Lord is important to us just keeps us from just doing what feels good because we are in relationship with him and we respect and reverence his name. Now, this is the heart of Judaism that has sprung into Christianity. We find it in Deuteronomy, the book of law. Here's the heart of it. Deuteronomy 529, God's heart through his leaders. Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. So I'm telling you here, I told you, don't just follow your heart. Don't just follow your impulses. Don't just do what feels good. But I'm not saying life isn't good and pleasurable and prosperous and beneficial. I'm saying the starting place is the fear of the Lord. We don't get the fear of the Lord after we become successful, after we just follow our own plan and like, Hey, let's incorporate the fear of the Lord now. No, we start with the fear of the Lord and the fact that we reverence God and we know that there's consequences to not following God's ways and God's law and God and the heart of love God gives us. It changes how we act and even when we don't feel like acting in a certain way. I mean, I wish that I always felt like being kind and loving. I don't always feel that way. I feel like being a jerk. In fact, sometimes it feels good to be a jerk. Anger actually feels powerful. Not righteous anger. I'm talking about anger just feels good. It feels good to tell someone out. Come on. It feels good to cuss somebody out. Don't say amen to that. But it does. Just just to give someone a verbal up and down, it feels good. But that's not God's will. it, It is not living in the fear of the Lord. It's not honoring the name of the Lord. It's not reverencing the name of the Lord. So Proverbs 14, 27 says it this way. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. That's see all the good stuff that comes from the fear of the Lord. That one may turn away from the snares of death. That's what the fear of the Lord does. It keeps you from traps. It keeps you from snares. And by keeping you from, from snares and traps, 
there's a fountain of life. There's a fountain of good things. So I'm going to tell you a story now that um, you're never going to forget. And I debated whether I should tell the story at 9 a.m., but I told it anyway, and no one told me in between services not to tell it, so here we go. So I have a friend of mine who is middle-aged. He's older than me now, but at the time this story happened, he was single, and he was, he, he was in middle ages, and he went to a birthday party with a group of couples, and one of his friend's sister, it was her birthday, and they invited him, kind of like a plus one, and it was at a nice restaurant at a hotel, and so they're there, they're, they're having a nice evening, and as the night went on, all the couples just kind of disappeared, and it was just him and the birthday lady. The birthday lady said, I have a room reserved upstairs, and I've not been with a man in many years, and it would be a birthday gift to me if you spent the night with me. And this was a man of God. He was someone in the ministry. He was someone who was respected. And guess what, guys? He completely wanted to go upstairs. I mean, he had been sing- he had been married before, but he was now single. And, and she actually said, if I remember the story correctly, I won't tell anybody. No one will know. But I want you to do this for me. Everything within him as he retold it to me, wanted to go upstairs. But the next day, he had a ministry meeting. And he said, I thought about these men of God I was going to be with. And I thought, how can I be with them knowing what I had intentionally done the night before? More than that, because that's kind of social pressure. So more than that, he said, I was going to minister that next day in the name of Jesus. And I thought, how can I minister in the name of Jesus when I had willfully and, 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 and sinned in this way and, and allowed myself to go into this trap? The point of that story is this. He, he, he resisted that. But I want you to remember this, is that he wanted, he wanted to go upstairs. He wanted to sin. That impulse was there. What kept the impulse, him from following his impulse? The fear of the Lord. See, that's why we need to talk about this more, the respect for God, the respect for the ways of God, the respect for the things of God, the the respect that there is consequences to sin. And even if there wasn't known consequences at that time, the character of God, God is so respected. And again, just like I respected my coach, I know that's not a full parallel, but I, I, I never wanted to have that situation come again. I never wanted to be called out for that again. We should have such a love and respect for God that we're like, we're not going to go there, even if our natural impulse is to do so. And it isn't always about sex. We always, maybe our minds often go there when we talk about temptation, but let's talk about money. I know of a church where as they reconciled all of their books, they, they were missing money. See, we have a treasurer here. We have a business pastor here. We have a business manager here. We have all kinds of systems, you know, to make sure that money's not stolen. And those are good systems to have. But if you want to cheat the system bad enough, I guess you can. In this case, there was an older man in the church that was well-respected. Everyone liked him. Everyone just thought this was one of those guys that, you know, could do no wrong, which is not, never true. Every single one of us can do wrong. 
That, that's, that's, wisdom. that's part of the fear of the Lord. Part of the fear of the Lord is I can preach this sermon today and go do something stupid this afternoon. And, and I'm, I'm, I preach this under the fear of the Lord and under the respect of the Lord because of that. So it wasn't that long ago they set up these cameras to watch the count of the offering. And there were other people in the room, more than one person counting the money. And so if I, if I was told this correctly, three people in the room, I didn't see the video. But in the video, this guy's shoveling out the cash. And he was so fast that he could slip and slip something in his pocket without anyone noticing or if someone just looked down or away. And he was slipping $20 bills into, into his coat. And I don't know if this is true, but I'm, now I am... I am imagining what he could have thought. He could have thought, I've been at this church for years. They never paid me. You know, I've been mowing the yard. I've been opening the church. I'm here more Sundays than the pastors are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm making this up in my mind, but, but the point is this, is that we can always justify something. I deserve this money. I deserve to be paid. Maybe it was a deal like, you know, I, I spent some money and they didn't, they didn't reimburse me or I didn't turn in the receipts. I don't like their system. I'm just going to slip this money in. There's always a justification. There's always a, an excuse. I mean, you can make an excuse if you want to, but part of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And even if you can get away with something, and even if you can get around the control systems, and even if, if you can evade being caught, the fear of the Lord says, you know, I am not going to test the Lord because I'm obeying him out of reverence for him. Even if it's consequential, even if it costs me in the short run, even if others get away with it, and it's not sin for others, but it's sin to me, this is part of the fear of the Lord saying that, that I, out of reverence for God, I'm going to make this decision. Um, I, I think about an issue that was in our national consciousness a, a year ago, and now we never, you never hear us talk about it. And, and this is part of the problem we have is we're not, we are not disciplined in our thinking. We only think about what's shoved into our face. And part of that is the reality is that you only care about that which you're exposed to. So because of that, there is a narrative that's given. And whatever comes across the national news is what we think about, typically. And it takes a lot of discipline to, and I don't always do this myself, but to look beyond the headlines, uh, to look to stories that are important to us as people that are sustainable for a long time. So something I don't hear much about anymore and I'm concerned about right now for our nation is mass killings that in 2019 was a big story. And, and this, this has manifested in usually people taking a weapon, usually it's guns, but it's not about guns. It's a, a mass murdering trend that we don't hear about, but it's still a huge issue in our country. I'll talk about this for a few minutes, but I'm going to tell you one of the issues is a lack of fear for God is why these shootings take place. Because you can have this impulse to do something crazy and, you know, to, to make your name known by violence. And, and it's a demonic manifestation of violence. But violence, violence is something that is a sign of God's, of, of the hand of God off our society. Jesus said that in the last days, as in the days of Noah, that there would be violence and violence is one of the reasons the original flood came. And this, this violence means there's no fear of God. There's no fear of eternal consequences. 
There, there's no respect for the dignity of mankind. And so it is, of all the different factors that go into to mass killings, one of the factors that we don't emphasize enough is a lack of fear of God. There's demonic influences, and I, I think that these are, these are cultural uh, atmospheres that we're, we're losing and we're forgetting that. Because you've probably been driving down the road and someone cut you off, for those of you who drive. And man, it's like this anger comes. And this anger comes. And what do you do with that impulse? You give it to the Lord, hopefully. You, you mature, but you give it to the Lord and you don't do something crazy. You don't try to run someone off the road or if you have a weapon, try to, try to take the law in your own hands. Why? One of the reasons in the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. The fear of God. You should not, you should not take wrath in your own hands. Wrath belongs to the Lord. And fear of God is part of that. A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon in which I told you that a little phrase that really identified with a lot of people. A lot of people talked about this. A, a very, very important phrase for the year 2020. Here's a phrase. I don't know. And I was surprised how many people like, that was really good. I really needed to hear that. And that reminds me of the second point I'm going to give today about the walking in the fear of the Lord. Walking in the fear of the Lord humbles our arrogant opinions. That's point number two. Walking in the fear of the Lord humbles our arrogant opinions. One of the gifts we have is the gift of education. And I, I, would, I would assume everyone in this room has had that gift at some level. And one of the things we do with that gift of education is that we use it to belittle people. We use it to take advantage of people. Uh, we use it not to enrich conversation. That's the purpose of education is so we could have a, a richer exchange of information. Uh, one of the purposes of education is so you can hear someone's opinion without being offended and, and, and actually learn and have discourse. How many know that we think we're educated, but we don't act educated? Uh, we are very impulsive to reuse the word when it comes to giving our opinions. And I'm just going to say this as we are much too proud of our own opinions. We're much too impressed with our ability to read and regurgitate information. We're much more impressed with our ability to listen to talk radio and repeat the same phrases that someone else created. We're, we're much too impressed with our 28 years, our 69 years of worldly experience. And that sense of pride is a manifestation of the lack of the fear of God in our life. This is a great scripture, Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't be impressed with your opinion. Don't be impressed with your education. It's a gift. It's not an entitlement. It's not, an, it's not a weapon to abuse people. Don't be impressed with your ability to be a blabbermouth and just to be a wordsmith and to come up with words all the time. Or your ability to, to take over verbally a conversation and dominate the conversation. This is all a manifestation of pride and it is really a manifestation of a lack of fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is this. I want God's truth more than my opinion. 
And sometimes God's truth means my opinion isn't fully developed. Sometimes God's truth means that some things that are revealed in his word are hard for me to understand, are even hard for me to accept. But because I have understanding, wisdom and understanding, I understand that I'm not as smart as I think I am. And I understand that this is ancient wisdom that has been around much longer than whatever system that I'm putting my trust in or putting my arrogance in or putting my confidence in. And this established ancient wisdom has touched multiple generations in multiple ethnic groups over over millennium now, two millenniums now, and, and even further back going to the Old Testament. And so I have fear of the Lord, knowing that I don't trust my own opinion. I trust God's word to inform my opinions. It's the filter. Obviously, we have interpretation of scripture, and that's a whole different talk about that. But I I have this filter called scripture, and that filter is how I process the world. That filter is how I see the world. That filter is how I form my judgments of the world. This is not being wise in your own eyes. This is part of the fear of the Lord. As I've studied scripture and tried to apply it to my life, there's sometimes I'm like, I don't like what it says. I thought, I wish I didn't say it that way. I, I've said that, you know, I don't really understand that application of it yet. And so I, there's been times when I, I've not made a movement either way. But the fear of the Lord does means I don't ignore it. I might struggle with it. I might even... Even um, if it's not disobedience, um, walk and process with my brothers and sisters uh, when things are, are, are a little gray or things aren't quite clear. But my fear of the Lord means that I'm not wise in my own eyes, that I fear the Lord and trust what he says. Now, if you don't know me, uh, one of the things I love in life is a blank calendar. And here's the reason why. I don't leave the calendar blank. This time of year, as we move into late September, early October, I love planning the next year. So we're getting ready to plan 2021. And it's just so fun to get these blank calendars and start writing in stuff, just like creating the future. Some of you don't like calendars, and maybe you're happier than me. I mean, what's the question here? And like, like is, is planning the calendar, is that good leadership, or is that being a control freak? I don't know which one it is, but depending on how you answer that question, probably determines what you believe about the calendar. But I, I, love, I love planning stuff, but here's the deal. Almost everything I planned for 2020 didn't happen. I've been saving and planning to go on a cruise. I told you that a few weeks ago. I don't, that's the last place in the world. I'll probably never go on a cruise ship. Sorry, if, you own, if you're the CEO of a cruise ship, I'll still take your tithe. But, um, if, yeah, that's that inconsistency, right? But, um, you know, we're, we're planning to go on this cruise, but that didn't work. So our, our, our alternative plans uh, that, that are still in the books, and we'll see if they'll happen in October, was to go to a much safer place, Northern California. That was the plan. So I don't know if that's going to happen either. So that's pretty much in jeopardy now also. That lets you know, for those of us who are planners, you can make your plans, but it doesn't always come to pass. It doesn't always come to pass. It doesn't mean you shouldn't plan, but you shouldn't trust in your plan. You shouldn't trust in your ability to create the future. And a lot of us, we trust in our ability to create the future. We do this with our kids a lot. We try to create these little robots, like, like they're scientific projects that we just input something and we're going to get an output. Yeah, right. Wait till your kids get older. All right. I've got great kids, but I'm saying that they're, they're image bearers of God. 
They're not robots. They're, they're not duplicates of me. I mean, they're not, they have their own calling and their own dreams and their own destiny. I don't control that. God controls that. They're gifts that the Lord has given me that I've given back to him. They're passing through, asking for a $50 bill along the way. I say that's a joke because they don't even like cash anymore. They just like Venmo. That's more like that. So I don't have to answer to my children later, two of them who are watching online. I know that y'all work and pay for most of your stuff yourself. So that's making me sound like I'm uh, more generous than I really am. Uh, So that's a disclaimer. But here's the point is, the point is we don't control our kids, their gifts. Uh, Now, kids, that does mean you have to follow your parents' rules. I'm not applying it that way. I'm just talking about your your future, like who you are as a person. You've got to choose Jesus. You've got to choose the scripture. You've got to choose the way of faith. You have to uh, choose your own destiny. I mean, we we have you for years, and we'll support you into adulthood. But you, you are your own person with your own call. So this is, this is this... um, this sense of control that we have, that we want to control next year's calendar. We want to control the kids. We want to control our future. And guys, it's really unbiblical. And for someone like me, I'm a planner. That's really hard. Let me show you in scripture where that is. And and here's my point. I didn't tell you point number three. The fear of the Lord slows our frantic building of a personal kingdom. And this may be for more for me than for you. I had my life planned out. I had goals by the age I was 30, 35, 40, and most of those didn't come to pass. So, um, great thing is, humility says, God, I can't believe you used me in the way you did. Right? Discontentment says, God, you didn't get with my plan. Contentment says, oh, Lord, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm so favored. Let's not say lucky. I'm favored that you would even use me for your kingdom. That's humility discontentment and arrogance is like, Hey, I had a plan. God, didn't you, didn't you see what I wrote down at age 27? Get with my plan, God. That's not fear of the Lord. That's not humility. That, 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 and and I'm for goal setting, but goal setting, uh, goal setting, what makes goal setting powerful is you usually never reach your goals. What makes it powerful is it pushes you further than, than you would have if you would not have set goals in the first place. But when it comes to the spiritual life, this, this can cause great discontentment in, in us and move us out of the fear of the Lord to where we're trusting our own self and we're trusting who we are. So this is what James says. This is the last scripture I'll share with you today. James chapter 4, verse 13, starting with verse 13. It says, come now, you who say, this is me, this is calendar guy here. Today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. In 2020, we'll go on a cruise or we'll go to Northern California. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And you don't, you didn't know uh, Friday, Pastor Josh, that you'd spill gas in your van and have to change your vacation plans. You know, I thought about this. You take the scripture off and, and I, I'm going to say this as a brother in the Lord. I mean, um, Pastor Josh spilled gas in his van and so he couldn't take his nice little family to Florida, had to delay his vacation. Well, yesterday, because my son was gone, I had to go fill up gas tank. I hadn't filled up gas tank in years for the mower. And, and I uh, put the gas tank between my legs as I drove off. And I know that now uh, because of experience and thanks to your story. So you blessed my life yesterday. And I just want you to know, God works all things for good for that. So, so 
Going back to the scripture. Let's go back to verse 14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live this, do this or that. Verse 16. As it is, you're boasting, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Now, I don't think we need to be legalists and say, every time we make plans, say, well, if it's the Lord's will, but it wouldn't hurt us to say it more. Okay? We don't have to be legalists and say it every time, but we could say it more often than we do. And we can certainly live it every time. You know, I had a grandmother who would say that all the time. She's like, hey, I think we'll come over next week if it's the Lord's will. You know, and it was always like, you know, yeah, I, I think let, let's, let's go out, to, let's go eat at a Cracker Barrel if it's the Lord's will. You know, and it was just all the time like that. And I was like, this is, this is a little obsessive, but I like the spirit of why she said it. And, and, and it's from scripture. And so like for me, I want to plan my whole future. You know, I want to plan my whole future. And, and let's think about that. Some of us who are trusting so much in our retirement, it's a good thing to say for retirement. And I, I, I want, if you're able to, I want you to say for retirement. That, that's a good thing to do. But there's no guarantee it's going to be there at 67. There's no guarantee it's going to be there at 70. Just don't trust it. Don't trust that. If it's the Lord's will, it will be there. How many know that if, if, if money's going to ruin you at age 70, maybe it's the Lord's will for you not to have that money at age 70. Right? If you're going to turn away from God. So this is, this is the attitude of fearing the Lord. We're going to fear the Lord... And we're, we're going to make the best choices we can. But James says, if it's the Lord's will, if it's his purpose, and, and we're building our little kingdoms. We're going to live here. We're, we're going to live in Florida when we get older. And then we're going to have a, a place in downtown Nashville. And, you know, we're going to, what if God calls you to the mission field? Not, not the mission field to the Bahamas, you know. I'm, I'm called there. But like, like somewhere kind of tough to go. What if God calls you to that? If it's the Lord's will. Be planners, but fear the Lord in your plans. Respect him. Respect what he wants. Respect what, what he, he has called you to do. And always take your gas tank and put it between your feet when you're driving. That is the Lord's will. So that's, that's more of a public service announcement than an anointed sermon. But I hope you enjoy that. All right, Rob, why don't you join me up here? Let's, let's, let's respond to the Lord today. How many know that we can even talk about the fear of the Lord and, and laugh a little bit? Because the fear of the Lord is not something for you to fear. It's for something for you to embrace. Father, we want the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our lives. Let's just pray about that for a second. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we have, at least I have been, and I'm guessing others in this room, we have just been negligent in acknowledging the value of the fear of the Lord. And uh, we have maybe even rejected the fear of the Lord unknowingly. And the Lord wants you to know that he is a God who forgives you. In a couple of weeks when I talk about this, again, I'm going to point out a scripture that says that the mercy of the Lord is for those who fear the Lord. So I just want you to know that's coming to you. So I want you to know something that you're under the mercy of the Lord right now. Maybe some of you are like right now saying, oh, I did something so dumb. I did something so uncharacteristic. 
Some of you said, I walked right into that trap and I could have said no. I could have not stolen that money. Or I could have not gotten entangled in that relationship. Or I could have, you know, I could have avoided that if I would have feared the Lord more. I'm glad that the Lord is reminding you of that. Now the Lord's reminding you of something else. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You are loved. That doesn't define your life. That's not a final act for your will for God. Nothing you do. Nothing you do can keep you from the love of God. Nothing you do can keep you from moving forward in the things of the Lord. Even if you're trapped in a sin right now, can I just tell you there is a way out. There is a pathway of healing. There is a way for you to fall under the leadership of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a good thing because it shows you you should not stay where you're at, but you can instead walk into the arms of a loving father. He loves you, daughter. He loves you, son. He wants he wants your friendship. He wants your attention. He's invited you to his table. There's a place at lunch for you. Isn't it good when someone's prepared lunch for you and you just show up and the meal's ready? You just got to sit down and eat. That's how it is with the Lord. He's prepared a meal for you. He's prepared lunch for you. He wants to share his life with you. He doesn't he wants you to respect him, but it's the fear of the Lord that draws us to the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord that sets things right in our life. It's the fear of the Lord that keeps us from the trap of the enemy. It's the fear of the Lord that's a fountain of life for us. There's life for you. There's blessing for you. There's prosperity for you. There's surprises for you. God's going to take you places that you never imagined. God's going to take you places that you never thought you would go. Like that means like right now, if you try to imagine, you can't even imagine what God has in store for you. He has in store for those who fear him, a fountain of life, a fountain of blessing, a place of prosperity, a place of establishment, a place where you can trust in him, a place where you will not be spoiled by the blessings of the earth, that you'll subdue the earth under the fear of the Lord because you're partnering with the Lord to be an overcomer, to be a conqueror, to be those who are not victims, but those who bring the heavenlies to earth, the authority of God in every sector that you're at, that that which God has called you to, the place that he's established in you, the city that you're living in, the family that you're living with, the co-workers that you're doing commerce with, the teammates that you're you're with, the, the people that you're inquire with, whoever it is, those are the people, those are the places God has assigned you to thrive and you will thrive under the fear of the Lord. You will thrive and the best you that God has created starts with the fear of the Lord. It's our starting place. So God, we reverence you and we honor your name and we thank you that you're releasing the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our hearts. And I pray that you would release that in our hearts today. If you're able to, why don't we stand to respond to the Lord today? Uh, as you came in today, you may have seen some communion packets. Uh, if you missed that and you want to take communion today, you can go to the lobby and, and get a packet or multiple packets. Um, and I won't give further instructions, but you can use this time before the benediction to take communion if you choose to do so. You may want to come to these steps as a 
sign, like an altar to seek the Lord. You may want to get your Bibles out. A lot of times when I hear messages that impact me, I go to that scripture. I know this wasn't a, a tradition, like an expository message, but this was more topical, but I'll go to one of those scriptures, the main scripture or the scripture that spoke to me. I might write a date and write, write the title of the sermon or who preached the sermon. And, and just so that later on, it's like a memorial, like God spoke to me on this day about the fear of the Lord. And we're never, ever the same, not because of the preacher, but because of the word of the Lord, because of the word of the Lord, the insights into the word of the Lord. But whatever it is, I want to give you a chance to respond. You may want to pray with someone that you came with, that that you care about. Uh, But Lord, we just give this time to you. I pray this prayer of confession every day, and I'm going to pray it now. And you're welcome to join me and pray this prayer if you'd so like. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, Set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all of the world.